Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 144, Integrity First. I have so much to say on the topic of integrity. Something unfolded this past week for me that inspired me to do this episode. And of course, I'm going to weave this back into integrity when it comes to your dating life. So I'm just going to start right off the bat with the definition of integrity. I know we all get the gist of it, but it's always really interesting to me if you've been listening to me for a while. Sometimes I just go to the Google and look up the definition to really hit the nail on the head and how to infuse it into the rest of the episode. So what I found on the Google is that integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. A person with integrity behaves ethically and does the right thing even behind closed doors. And then a couple of examples of integrity, telling a cashier they've given too much change or forgetting to pay for something and then going back to pay for it. Now, (laughs) I have to laugh. I totally am that person, or I should say, was that person. I can't remember specifically, but I know back in my 20s, broke as a joke, starving artist Claire, if someone gave me incorrect change and they gave me more, I was like, thank you. (laughs) And oh, if I forgot to pay for something and I realized it after, I'd be like, oh, that kind of makes me feel bad, but eh, I'll pay for it next time. And I didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) So I will fully admit, I think I have done both of those. I would not do that today. So uh, there it is. My Irish Catholic guilt. I can't tell a lie to you guys. You know me. I'm an open book. So there you have it. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. A person with integrity behaves ethically and does the right thing even behind closed doors. So I have to laugh because what I'm about to share with you obviously is me not doing the right, is me doing the right thing, but it's not behind closed doors because I'm going to tell you (laughs) what I did, but it's important for me to share. So some of you might be new listeners because last week I was featured in a pretty major Irish newspaper called the Irish Independent. I was so honored to be interviewed about what I do. And if I say so myself, it was a pretty big deal. And it was Really cool to just hear from all of my cousins and relatives who are very excited to see the spread. We'll link it up in the show notes for sure. I really love being Irish, even though I know my cousins and aunts and uncles give me shit and say, well, you're really more a yank now, Claire, which is true. But I was raised by Irish parents who live in the States now. All of our relatives are still there. And I lived in Dublin As a child, from when I was three till I was eight years old, I have coached people in Ireland, and I know that I have Irish listeners, and I know that there are some Irish women who have purchased my course, so shout out to you. Speaking of my course, same title as this podcast, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. 
This course is available only till December 31st. It's my most affordable offer. You'll have lifetime access to over 60 videos teaching you how to heal your heart, authentically fall in love with yourself, and yes, find someone better. I love this course so much. I think this is the perfect time of year to offer this. I know it gets crazy. I know it gets stressful. And I know it gets extra lonely. And I know if you're heartbroken, it feels extra heavy. So I've heard from so many students who say, even when I'm not prepared to do the work that you ask us to do, just tuning into some of the videos where I feel like someone is speaking my language and articulating how I feel. And it makes me feel not alone and not crazy. Someone else referred to this course as a Netflix of videos for healing your heart and finding love. I'm so proud of this work. I put so much blood, sweat, and tears into it. And I think it's insane if you don't buy it, truly, because you also gain access to five live group coaching calls with me the first week of February when you purchase this course before December 31st. The calls are anonymous. I'm not sure if I said that. The only person seen on the calls are myself, or the only two people seen on the calls are myself and whoever raises her hand to get coached first name only. You learn so much by watching others. You guys, I have a client, or I should say a former client, who I coached her to find love, and she just reached out and told me that she is engaged. I have another client in the group who has been just, how do I can't even put into words, I literally just lost words, has just shown up in spades Since day one, when she joined the program back in April, my one-year group program, separate from the course, but she just told me that she is officially in love. I coached her to really date herself as the fall in love with you section teaches, and she has just shown up in spades consistently for the work and has ultimately found love. Now, people are healing their hearts and finding love without the group program, It's just a next level deep dive of coaching. I'm obsessed with the program. But if you're not prepared to make that investment, now is the time. If you want an organized and structured approach instead of just maybe multitasking while you're listening to the podcast, if you want to just step it up in your approach to healing your heart and finding love, the course is the best way to do it. And you really do get to experience the live group coaching calls as well. So can't shout the course higher from the mountaintops or louder from the mountaintops. Same with my program. If you're like, no, I want to go all in and apply for the one-year group program, go ahead and do it. I have another girl in my one-year group program who has also found love and she's been a little bit hesitant to put two feet in, but her man has just shown up in spades in ways that she never could have dreamed of. And she just turned a corner and is like, he's my person and I'm fucking going all in. But she had stuff. She had unresolved trauma and wounds. And that shit doesn't just go away when your person arrives, right? So she has consistently shown up as well. I share all of this to say the work works. You can head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com, sign up for the course or apply for the one-year group program or apply for my one-on-one coaching program. Or it's not really a program. I would say a a coaching mentorship where I coach you for six months. I have one spot available right now to work with me one-on-one. Okay. Integrity first. So I was inspired to do this episode, as I said in the beginning, because something unfolded for me that really brought up or reminded me, I should say, 
of how important integrity is to me. And what I'm about to share doesn't directly have to do with my love life. But as I always say, how you are in one area of your life is how you are in all areas of your life. I also just have to say on a side note, when I said that, you know, I've definitely taken change that isn't mine and not paid for something that I forgot, what I'm talking about is like a coffee or maybe I went to a salad bar and just like absentmindedly sat down and ate it in New York City and walked out and later was like, shit, I didn't pay for that. It wasn't like, oh, I tried on a sweater and I just happened to walk out with the new sweater. I do think there's a difference. (laughs) And I realized I didn't really explain what it was that I may have walked out not having paid for. But anyway, as usual, I digress and my Irish Catholic guilt lives on. So as I mentioned earlier, I got featured in the Irish Independent and my heart sank when the initial headline stated that I was Kourtney Kardashian's heartbreak coach. That could not be further from the truth. I have never claimed to be her coach. That has been something over the years that I've been her resident heartbreak coach for her lifestyle site. Poosh has gotten confused. I've had people reaching out, asking to interview me. And then they think that, I mean, one time someone reached out asking if I was Adele's coach. I mean, Adele, it sounds like you're doing pretty great, but I'm always available if, you know, before album 40, you have another heartbreak. But hopefully that does not happen. And it seems like you've really figured your stuff out. But even if I was, and I do coach people who you guys might know, um, I would never share that either way. But I want to be very clear because I want to set the record straight. I do not coach Courtney. I never have coached Courtney. I write for her lifestyle side, Poosh, and I've written dozens of articles on heartbreak dating and relationship and feel very honored to be called their resident heartbreak coach. It really is such an honor. The Poosh team are just such an amazing group of women. They're so professional. I have written for other publications where I just felt like my requests were not heard or I was not appreciated. And the Poosh team just spoils me and they're just so accommodating. And when I was actually creating the 60 video course, I let them know, you know, I've got to take a couple of months off because I was eating, sleeping and breathing content creation. And I just didn't have the brain space to write for them. And they just have been so amazing and so gracious. And I think that that's such a reflection of Kourtney Kardashian. So whatever people's opinions are about the Kardashians, it's the same as as TV shows. When you hear that the lead actor is just a nightmare, the star of the show is a nightmare, that just really sets the tone for the way everybody else behaves. And it's so clear to me that this team of women are just unbelievable. And I think that that's a testament to who Courtney picks and every person I've interacted with at Poosh. Shout out to Michelle. She's my main point person, the managing editor. They're just amazing. And I'm so grateful. And so therefore, you guys can only imagine how horrified I was to have this false information out for a nationwide newspaper saying that I was her heartbreak coach in the headline, which is obviously clickbait. That was not what I had said to the journalist. And to be fair, the journalist, Katie Byrne, no, we're not related, but everyone's last name is Byrne in Ireland, (laughs) or a lot of people's are. That was not her doing. And I don't think that there was like ill will or malice. It was just a breakdown in communication. I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. 
I was horrified and I immediately, you know, reached out to rectify the situation. But because of search engine optimization, even though they technically changed the headlines, if you were to Google Kourtney Kardashian's heartbreak coach, like I, it would still pop up, which just makes me cringe because that's just not the truth. And because I'm someone who prides herself on integrity, having lies out there about someone who is very famous and my name associated with it is just, it makes me cringe. Anyway, nothing that I can do. I did everything I could. And I, you know, we were able to change as much of it as we could. So cut to, I then hear from another news show who saw the article and said, we'd love to interview you on this topic. Can we, you know, arrange a time, blah, blah, blah. I said, of course, this is amazing. Everyone's very excited. My loved ones, more exposure. You know, at the end of the day, I just do want to make clear. And I think for those of you who have been consistent, loyal listeners, I fucking love what I do. I love healing hearts. I'm so proud of this career choice. I know some of my Irish family members, like some of my relatives, <laughs> they don't get what I do. I get that they they shouldn't get what I do. They're like, what? Even my parents, but my parents are so supportive and really proud. And I think what I do is really cool and I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud that my clients get the results that they came for. And I, I, I really feel like I have so much integrity as a coach, all of my clients in my group program, my one-on-one, they're always just taken care of at the highest level that I can possibly deliver. And I'm so proud and so certain in me saying these words to you just now. Like that is something I am so proud of. It's not just I'm a smart businesswoman and came up with a cool idea. Like I am successful at what I do because I'm fucking good at what I do. I love what I do. And if you sign up to work with me, you're going to get the best of the best coaching that you will ever get on your heart. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Pun intended. Couldn't help myself. But on the flip side, obviously, I know you guys know this. I am also an entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman. I run my own business. I have overhead. I have a roof that I would like to keep over my head. And so having a platform like Poosh, where I get to share all of my gems of wisdom and opportunities like getting interviewed for a nationwide newspaper, not to mention my homeland's nationwide newspaper, is not only really exciting, but important for me. And so I was very excited and my family was very excited about this news show. And we had the recording scheduled and we were going to meet for a call about an hour and a half before and go over notes. So I was told, but actually that quote unquote notes call was really to figure out how comfortable I would be talking about Kourtney Kardashian and the Kardashians in general. And I was like, I don't know Courtney. I don't coach Courtney. So no, I would not be comfortable commenting. And then it was like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Um, It's just that, you know, when it comes to breaking up and healing and then, you know, moving on and finding love again and like how Courtney, and it was like Courtney was somehow slipped into it. And I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Yeah, I will talk about all things heartbreak, dating and relationships. I will talk about my own personal experience. I'll talk about all of that. I just don't understand what that has to do with Courtney, who I don't know and who I don't coach. 
And it's like, yeah, 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 no, totally. Um, so I'm just going to check in with them and see if it's okay. But I'm thinking maybe we'll just do a different interview in a different time that I'm working on. And I was like, uh, okay, so I'm supposed to wait for you to get back to me now to tell me if maybe you're going to interview me. So you probably are hearing me getting very fired up as I share this, but is this resonating with you or sounding familiar in your dating life where what you think is going to be happening actually isn't happening? Maybe you're really excited for date two or date three and the person says, oh, actually, you know, we're going to meet up with a bunch of my friends or the person says, um, so you're cool with like me seeing other people, right? I just want to make that clear, like where you think something is going in a different and in one direction because the person made it seem like it was going in that direction. And then they totally pull the rug from underneath you. And you're like, uh, oh, oh, okay. So I let her get off the phone with me, with me being like, okay, I'll wait for you to come back and let me know if you still want me. Like that's, that's the trigger, right? Like I, I was taking it so personally. And I can totally own that, as I always say, human first, coach second. But I was fired up. I was pissed. The love of my life, Larry, he's a lawyer. So he was already really worked up about the false header saying that I was Courtney's coach. Um, I really wanted to call him about this, but he had like a major, major workday, major hearing um, happening. And so I was like, I'm calling my dad. And so I love my parents so much. They're retired. So literally they pick up the phone every time I call them. It's the best. They're the best. And I told him what happened. And my dad was like, oh yeah, no, do not do this interview. I wouldn't even trust them. I didn't think that I didn't trust them because I felt like, well, they were asking if it was okay. That wasn't my issue. My issue was you told me you wanted to interview me based on the article you read. And the article was about me and what I do. It was not about the Kardashians. It was a side note at the end that I write for Courtney's site, Poosh. And I know I'm probably reiterating and, and repeating myself, but that was really the stinger for me. And it just, it, it just felt the thought, like the feeling that I felt was cheap. Like you're only, you only matter to us if you're willing to talk about celebrity gossip. It was so fucking off-putting to me. Like it, this all just unfolded this this morning so that like residual fire is still in me. And so I was just like, yeah, I really needed to check myself. And so I love being able to reach out to my trusted loved ones because I was in the trigger. And one too many times I have definitely cut my nose to spite my face. But, you know, this was a big opportunity where I could have gotten a lot of exposure. But really and truly after that conversation, I was like, oh, I do not want to collaborate with these people. Ultimately, she came back to me and said, listen, you know, we're going to cancel the interview. So sorry, um, but I'd love to interview you for a relationship series I'm doing in a couple of months. And I wrote a very detailed and um, professional email. <laughs> I don't know why it was so hard for me to describe that, but it wasn't, you know, heated, flying off the shelves, angry, fuck you guys. But I just kind of painted the picture of what all unfolded and the impression that I was given. And as a result of all that has transpired, I will respectfully decline 
interviewing with you again. Like, this is not okay. And it was just extremely off-putting and disappointing to me that really what you were actually focused and interested in was Kardashian hype and to use me as a way to, like, create some story that's just, ugh, it just grosses me out on so many levels. And so I let them know. And that felt really good. And it felt really good. You know, someone had said to me, well, you know, maybe that interview with them will happen then, that one that they were talking about later. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not interested in it. I think so many times I either would have done one of two things. I would have said, fuck you, no, and burned a bridge and made myself look like a bitter asshole. Or I would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll take the other interview because I felt who was I to not say yes. And what I really believe is that when I am always guided by my integrity, by my morals, by my principles, the universe will always take care of me. You know, forgive the woo, the universe, God, I believe in God, the universe, something bigger at play when I'm not reaching for a low hanging fruit. And I'm also not reverting back to just reacting and taking things personally. This is journalism. This is the way this shit works. And I got a lovely response from the girl who was very apologetic and really explained the breakdown in of miscommunication and took responsibility. And I really don't think it's her fault. I think it was just other people that wanted different things and it is what it is. I have to just say this as a side note. I'm like, where do I fit this in? But I do think it's really important. I'm a big fan when it comes to dating. And I want to say this before I forget because I don't have it in my notes for this recording. I'm a big fan of not sending an email, putting in all your final words and pretending to yourself that you're like looking for a response or an apology or a reaction or I messed up and no, I still want you back. What was so beautiful about if I say so myself, this reach out was because I didn't even need a response. I wasn't looking for a response. I wasn't looking for an apology. I wasn't even looking for an explanation. I just wanted to speak my truth and stand up for my value when I felt like someone completely negated my value. And truly, I did feel misled. And I think it's understandable that I felt that way. And I was able to articulate it in a very mature and professional manner and truly not need a response or anything further. And that's when I think the outcome even works for my greater good. And I don't know what that is yet. All I know is that I'm selling lots of courses (laughs) and other opportunities are coming my way. I'm interviewing on a fun podcast tomorrow. I have plenty that's happening. I don't feel like, oh no, that's my one hit wonder opportunity. But it was just me sticking up for me completely unattached to a response. So the only time that I would ever encourage speaking your truth and standing up for yourself when it comes to dating, especially in like the first few dates with somebody, do not try to send him or her a message and shove it to them where the sun don't shine. It's not fucking worth it. You don't know them. It is not your job to teach them a lesson. You be onto yourself. You're looking for a reaction. You're looking for an apology. You're looking for an explanation. If you're going to send a message standing up for you and your value and your worth, send it completely unattached to a response if any response. When it comes to integrity 
in your dating life. I want you to get clear whether you're in a relationship currently, whether you are heartbroken, or whether you are dating and searching for someone. So let's start with heartbreak and maintaining your integrity. The way and I'm just going to offer my version of what I believe integrity looks like when you are heartbroken, because I think everybody has their own moral compass. And who am I to say what is okay or isn't okay for you? So when you're heartbroken, how is integrity important? I think it's important in terms of owning your pain. This is not new information if you've been reading my articles or listening to this podcast, but owning your pain and being unapologetic about it, where you don't feel like you have to show up for someone's birthday dinner or fucking wedding shower or baby shower when you can barely pick yourself up off the floor. Integrity is owning that you are hurting and that that might make you unavailable for the regular everyday shit with other loved ones. Integrity, when you are heartbroken, for me, also involves not judging yourself for being healed over in crippling pain. Especially when you're newly heartbroken and have maybe for the first time experienced this kind of pain. I I, I really experienced it in the most crippling way for the first time at 28, which was before my rock bottom relationship at 30, 29, 30, which you can go to episode five to hear all of the dramatic details there. But really being kind and compassionate to yourself. So this is just integrity with yourself. How would you treat a loved one if she was moving through heartbreak? Wouldn't you give her all the compassion and the love and the hugs and do whatever you could do to comfort that person? I think integrity when you're moving through heartbreak looks like really taking the best care of yourself, loving yourself, allowing yourself the space to grieve is so important. And I don't know, I mean, I say I don't know what it is, but there's just so much shame and judgment that we inflict upon ourselves. Fuck, I did that with my friends before I ever really got gut-wrenchingly heartbroken. Like, he sucks, dodged a bullet, next. Not really understanding all the layers and the messiness and the confusion and the dwelling (laughs) that ensues when you are heartbroken. So not just integrity in terms of other people, but your level of integrity in terms of how you treat yourself. You are allowed to own your pain. You are allowed to not show up for other people. You are allowed to feel all the uncomfortable feels. And it might feel like that is not in service to you, but it is step two of my five-step process in stopping wanting him or her back. Let your heart break. You are actually doing yourself a service to let yourself grieve instead of denying to yourself and to other people that you are okay. Another way that I think integrity comes into play when you are heartbroken is really looking at your social media and how you're showing up. If the world knew what was actually going on in your mind when you're posting some hot pick, hoping that someone's going to get wind of the pick, whether he's blocked or not, would you post? Mm, such a good 
question. Now, I'm not saying you don't have integrity. It sounds like I am saying that, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't have integrity if you're going to post a hot picture of yourself in the hopes that your ex will see it and then come running towards you. Like, you're a human. But I am asking you to step it up a notch or 10 in your level of integrity for yourself in your heartbreak and really be on to your motives behind your behavior on social media. It never works. The hot picture never works. Even if you get a reaction from the ex that you want to see you looking all hot or fine or he reaches out, it's never what you really want it to be. He's not all of a sudden saying, whoa, that pic is so hot. I miss you and let's get married. He's like, I miss you. And I would say nine nine times out of 10, it's, and I really want to fuck you. Let's be real. Now, I know it's happened and I don't want any messages in my DMs being like, well, that's what happened with my boyfriend. He saw a really hot pick and now we're running off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I get it that it happens, but I can't even recall one time on my watch an ex of one of my clients sliding into her DMs because he liked some pictures of hers and now all of a sudden they're back together. The shit doesn't work and I would invite you to really look at your motives and is that how you want to be spending your time in a heartbreak or do you want to really cut the bullshit out with yourself and if you need to take a break from social media, take a break from social media so you're not stalking him or obsessing over him looking at your shit. So that's where I think you can investigate taking your integrity to the next level when you are heartbroken. Okay. Integrity when you are dating. You got to ask yourself, who do I want to attract and how do I want to be treated? And also, how do I want to treat them? So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about integrity as a dater looking for your person is what comes to mind is ghosting, right? Are you going to ghost someone who took you out for a lovely meal, even if you weren't interested in him? If he's a kind person and he showed up in all the ways that you would like someone to show up, but he just wasn't your guy, do you really need to ghost him? Or could you politely decline when he reaches out and just let him know, hey, I had a lovely time with you. Thank you so much for treating me to dinner. I just don't see this moving forward romantically. It's fucking awkward. I hated this shit too. I hated this aspect of dating. But I this is where I really believe treat others the way that you want to be treated. Now, if someone turns out to be a tool and he treated you to dinner, you don't owe him that thank you. This is my moral compass, by the way. <laughs> this is obviously not gospel, but I'm just throwing out my thoughts about what integrity looks like, in my opinion, in each of these areas. Again, heartbroken, dating to look for your person or dating in a relationship. Another way that you can really check yourself with your integrity is noticing if your values are in line with his. If you notice that he is talking down to a server or talking down to you or is making racist comments or misogynistic comments or belittling the Me Too movement. And you thought initially, oh my God, but I like him so much and I'm so attracted to him and he's so nice to me. But you start clocking the way he's talking about other people, whether it's groups of people or the way he's treating someone right in front of you. Is that really your person? And I think integrity comes into play. It's like, are you trying to fit a square peg into a round hole because there are so many qualities you like that you're willing to overlook the way this person 
actually is revealing who he is just because you want to be with someone? Are you willing to be like, hey, this is our our values are not aligning. I don't like I, I literally one of the biggest turnoffs. Um, I was dating this guy and he was like so confused after three dates. But one of the biggest turnoffs was the way that he spoke to we went for drinks the first time, so I didn't notice it. But the second and the third time, the way that he spoke to the servers, I was fucking appalled. And he really liked me. We had a lot in common, but I was just like that. And it's not something that I am interested in expressing for him to change because I'm like, you are a grown ass man in your late 40s. And if this is the way you're treating people, like, I'm not going to change that for you. And he was trying to commiserate with me about how ridiculous the staff was being. And I will never forget. I was like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the service industry and their jobs are really hard. So my my go to is to just empathize, especially I mean, hello, there's always the asshole server. But like these people were just doing their best and it just wasn't good enough for him. So really just checking are you clocking if this person is a good person or not, is a kind person? Because my guess is, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to be with someone who is good and kind and treats people well. And if he's talking in these ways to other people, chances are he's eventually going to be talking in this way to you. And I referred to this example earlier, but I want to shine a light on it again when you are dating someone who is leading you to believe that things are going in one direction, but they ultimately aren't. And he just really blindsides you with like, oh, I was on a date with a girl the other night and or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some of you listening that's happened to it's like, wait a second. I'm not going to let that just like roll over my head. This excuse me. Right. Like really checking does that work for you or does that not work for you? I think integrity when you're dating someone and it's not officially a relationship is, you know, I think that that's where it really gets tricky and gray area. And there's a tendency that I see with my clients and I for sure did this is allowing kind of crappy, rude behavior because, well, he's not officially my boyfriend and it's still new. So who am I to expect him to not talk about other dates because we're not official. It's like, uh, okay, we don't have to be exclusive after three dates. We don't have to be exclusive after six or eight dates, but I don't want to hear about you dating other women. Or if you know that you are definitely interested and you're like six or eight dates in, which I think by that time it, you're, you don't have to officially make it official. I still need to do an episode on when we make a relationship official. I don't think it, it, there's a certain number of dates, but I would say six to eight dates in, you have a pretty good idea of whether or not you guys want to move forward. I don't think it has to be a conversation at six to eight dates, but if you're two months, even three months in, and you've been consistently dating someone and you know you really like that person and you know you'd really like to explore a monogamous committed relationship and they're not ready for that, it's time to go. <laughs> It really is that simple. And it's because you have integrity for yourself. I'm looking for a relationship. We've been dating now for two or three months. We know each other well enough to figure out if we'd like to take this further to an exclusive relationship and not drag out some casual thing in the hopes that, well, maybe by month four, he'll really 
know that he wants to be exclusive with me or by, by month five or by month six. Look, we've all done it. But hopefully from listening to this episode, you're now thinking in a different way. Like my integrity counts. My integrity matters and my integrity gets to come into play big time when it comes to my dating life. Okay, moving on to integrity in your relationship. Integrity is still a really big deal to me. And I know it's a really big deal to Larry. His mom came to visit and she shared with me that since Larry was a kid, justice and the difference between good and bad and right and wrong were just so important to him. He is just such a highly principled man and just is all about what's good and right and doing what's good and right. So lucky me. (laughs) But, you know, we're two over two years in. And I mean, we just got to spend a whole week together. It's just the way the, the kids schedule worked out. And I just even felt that much closer to him because we live apart 50% of the time right now. And Integrity is still something that's really important. Well, the main obvious one is us being faithful to each other, really trusting and being committed. And uh, we both agree that cheating is a deal breaker. And to be clear, I know that there are listeners here and I have clients who have cheated. There is no judgment. I understand how cheating happens. And I also don't think cheating is always a deal breaker. I always use the example of if you've been married for however long and you have kids and you're both working jobs and you're kind of asleep at the wheel in the relationship and then someone at work tickles your fancy and all of a sudden you're in some hot ass affair and it's making you alive. Like, I get it. My point is that's just not my circumstance with my partner. We're very connected. We're very emotionally intimate with each other. And we're also physically intimate, but that's not the point. (laughs) Um, But that you know, we're so connected and we're so loving and we're so transparent that if I was to discover that he simultaneously bang in some chick, that would actually make it such a deal breaker because it would be so blindsiding to me if that was the case. So that's the big the big one that comes up for me when it comes to integrity in a relationship. But I think kindness, asking each other how their day was, listening to each other, Larry is a pretty, pretty positive person. Every once in a while, he gets down in the dumps. I think I could maybe count the number of of times off of one hand. I can't even think of five times. But when he's been down in the dumps, because it's so rare, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. Yes, I know. And I'm a coach, but it's very different when it's my partner who's just so even keeled, so happy all the time. And You know, really what I learned last time when I felt like, oh, shit, he's in a dark place is that I also don't have to fix it and that he gets to be in a dark place if he needs to be. And I totally understood why he was as well, but that it wasn't also my job to fix it. And I think ultimately he appreciated that I was like, hey, you get to be down and dark. I just want to make sure you're not upset with me because he like really was like shut down and in a in a bad place, which, hello, we're signing up for the whole person. And I have been in a dark place way more times than he has, and he has just shown up in spades. Sometimes I think it drives him crazy, but uh, as I've shared recently, I turned 40 and some major fucking freakish hormonal shit is happening. 
in my head and in my heart and in my body, even my boobs. Oh my gosh, they're really just changing and sore. So yeah, uh, lots to look forward to for my my clients who have not hit 40 yet. People in their 40s told me this and I was like, ah, I'll be fine. I'm so healthy. Yeah, well, rude awakening. Anyway, another aspect of integrity though, which came up for a client and I'm going to wrap up here. Um, thank you for staying as long as you did. If you have, it's taken me a minute or many minutes to record this. But integrity really came up for a client who's in a new relationship. And it's always interesting when you start dating someone who has friends of the opposite sex. Obviously, I'm speaking in heteronormative terms here, but she is newly dating someone, head over heels, totally trusts him, but he has some female friends. And she is a little bit uncomfortable. And I just asked some more questions. And what it came down to was he, you know, was is just in a lot of communication with these female friends, one of which is single and is messaging him late at night while she's lying in bed with him. It's like, there's no secrets. It's not that he's cheating on her or being inappropriate, but they were besties before my client came into the picture. And Ultimately, I mean, I guess I could just make this a, a whole episode in and of its own right. It's like when you're when your partner is friends with the opposite sex. But you know, what ended up happening for my client, and I think a lot of people do this, is oh, I don't want to be the crazy girl. I don't want to be, you know, the possessive, jealous chick. So I obviously need to manage my mind around this and be okay with a woman reaching out and sending gifts and funny fucking memes and videos at 11 p.m. at night while I'm in bed with him. And so we coached on this. And what I ultimately offered her is you get to not be okay with that. And frankly, as a woman in a relationship, but also when I was single and friends with men, if they got into a relationship, I wouldn't be texting them at 11 p.m. at night knowing that their partner could potentially be in bed with them, right? It's it's a I said to my client, you know, this is sort of an unspoken code and again, this is not gospel. This is my own opinion, but I'm guessing majority of you listening would not be cool with some single woman constantly in communication with your man especially late at night, even if you trust your guy implicitly. And you get to own that that's not okay because it's also not how you would treat him, right? If the roles were reversed, how would you feel if I'm just going back and forth with my single guy friend who's texting me all this shit? All, she said it's a lot of communication throughout the day, but I really got triggered when we were lying in bed and he's like laughing and going back and forth. Like, again, it obviously wasn't a secret, but you also just get to be okay with owning that that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. And I think it goes back to integrity. These are my morals. These are my principles. I'm not asking you to not be her friend. I'm just saying the amount of communication seems a little excessive for me as your girlfriend. And he gets to have his own reaction and she gets to approach it with love and trust and uh, grace and kindness and just say, hey, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And 
I'm a good partner to you, but like, this is a trigger for me. I don't like feeling this way. Like this isn't okay for me. And to talk it out and hear what he has to say, I've had that happen and it's not comfortable, but you get to ask for what your needs are and own that. Even if your partner may not see it the same way, even if your partner may not see it the same way. But I really do think that you get to own your insecurities. You get to own what works for you and what doesn't work for you. You just always have to check yourself and make sure that it's clean, that it isn't coming from some insecure place. And I think the best way to check it is you totally trust your partner and he's doing it right in front of you. He's obviously not hiding anything and still something just doesn't sit right. And that's okay. And you get to express that because you have integrity and you want to practice what you preach and you want your partner to treat you in the way that you would treat him, right? You wouldn't do that to him. So integrity is also really checking whatever you desire from the other person is making sure that you would treat them in the way that you want them to be treated. I know I said that earlier. All right. This was a meaty episode. Thank you for listening to my spiel. You know, I like to offer my own personal experiences if I feel that they are relevant to the topic at hand. And I think that there's a lot for you to chew on from this episode. Integrity first. You will always be taken care of when you choose integrity. Just make sure that it's not, well, because of my integrity, I'm going to say no, or because of my integrity, I'm going to cut my nose to spite my face. And the best way that you can really check yourself is self-coach, as I did, and then reach out to trusted loved ones or sign up for my one-year group program and get coached by me. And for sure, don't forget to check out the course again, limited offer plus five bonus live group coaching calls. All of that information is at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.